What's up, everyone? It's your favorite part-time podcaster, full-time horror nerd. As always, my name is Tyler, and welcome to From the Depths Podcast. We are at episode number 40. Almost to number 50. Almost there. We'll get there eventually. Uh, I am very tired, if you cannot tell. Uh, working retail during this holiday season has made me want to put a bullet in my head. Um, figuratively, not literally. Um, so we're just going to jump right into this episode. Uh, big thank you to Tim from Lighting Up the Marquee for joining me on this episode. I had a lot of fun. Uh, definitely check out Lighting Up the Marquee podcast when he starts it back up again. And be on the lookout for his short film, Sushi. Uh, I proudly backed it when they had their Indiegogo or um, whatever platform they were on. So I'm very excited to see what he does. Um, that man is a master of his craft, and from what I've seen, what he's done already, I'm very excited for his future. And hopefully my next episode will be top 10 horror movies of the year, or I might do like a top horror discoveries, um, because I've definitely slacked off, uh, November, um, just due to work, um, so yeah, um, I'm going to try to cram in as much as I can in the next few weeks and hopefully have a top 10 horror. If not, I've discovered a lot of cool shit this year. Um, And it's not just going to be movie related, too, if I do that one. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Tim and I talk about Cabin in the Woods. So feel free to make fun of me during this episode because someone who watched it the night before... uh, It was so hard for me to remember anything about the fucking movie at certain points. And I can't pronounce words for shit. So I got a good laugh uh, uh, editing this episode. And just doing the episode regardless was a lot of fun. Because there was a point where my daughter barged into the room I was in. And then uh, (laughs) Tim's cats kept uh, hopping on his computer desk. Um getting in the way so i'll probably uh screenshot those for some funsies for the instagram but yeah enjoy everybody ready doesn't even show up on the gps it's unworthy of global positioning that's the whole point get off the grid right Hello. I'm thinking this thing doesn't take credit cards. Sign says closed. We're looking for, uh, what's it called? Tillerman Road. I have to get you there. Getting back. That's your concern. Oh, this is awesome. Whoa. No way. have passed to the gate. They are come to the killing floor. Get this party started! I seriously believe something weird is going on. What is that thing? We have to stay together. 
This isn't right. We should split up. Yeah, good idea. Really? We gotta get out of here. Somebody sent those things here to get us. You're missing the point. They want to see us punished. that bitch neat you hear my daughter in the background <laughs> i heard the zoom yeah well no i heard that too but she's yelling too so i want to make oh sure. no i didn't hear that all i heard was the zoom lady well good well good that's why that's why i said that bitch and i'm hoping people <laughs> don't think i'm talking about your daughter <laughs> oh welcome back guys uh you just listened to the trailer from the movie um myself and my guests will be talking about tonight and that is cap the cabin in the woods cabin of the woods I'm dude. I'm so tired. I didn't uh, go to bed till 3 a.m. this morning. I had to be up like at seven. Oh, you're all good. Um, and who you just heard is my good buddy Tim Martin of Lighting Up the Marquee Podcast. Hello. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm the same boat. I'm tired, but I'm I'm excited to be here to talk about Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Before uh, before we got before I hit record, we were talking about our, our personal jobs, and uh, it's draining right now because of the holidays. Um, yes i have uh tomorrow's my only day off and then i work i think seven or eight straight oof yeah i'm uh i was supposed to be off tomorrow but i'm going in to uh do all the the money um mm-hmm. so i gotta be there at eight o'clock for two hours and then i get to go home and enjoy the rest of my day see i don't mind taking tomorrow off because i i even picked up an extra day next week because around this time is the only time they approve overtime yep and on thanksgiving we're only open till three so i'm like schedule me all day i'll work Earliest at 4 a.m. till like 3.30, I think. Well, that's where I'm, I'm lucky this year or past two years because of the pandemic. Uh, my job is actually closed on Thanksgiving for oh, okay. the second time ever since it's been open. Um, but yeah, man, it's been draining. I haven't watched rarely any movies this month. I've been catching mm-hmm. up on TV shows because that's all I really have time for. I, I literally just before getting on was watching Tiger King season two because that just dropped today. Did that drop today? Yeah. Oh man, it's, it's not trending on Netflix yet because I don't think I'm pretty sure people forgot about it. And then I kind of I think I forgot what I saw. I saw someone post about it. Ti- ti- uh, Tiger King, that it doesn't feel that long ago, but it kind of was. Oh yeah, it was like it the was beginning those, of the, the yeah. beginning of the pandemic. My wife still hasn't watched it. She got like one episode. She's like, "This is stupid." I'm and like then, through. I'm like two and a half episodes in this new season. I'm kind of bored by it because it's not even about joe it's more it's more about carol but it's like they're just dragging all of this out and like adding new things and to me right now i'm just like all this doesn't seem real it seems like they just kind of figured out how to add stuff to make a second season didn't one of the guys just get arrested or die or something like that i thought i I know i I mean i'm pretty sure a few of them got arrested but true (laughs) i think i think one of uh joe's managers or employees died a few months ago oh was it the guy it was the guy with no legs wasn't it no he's still alive i think oh okay i think because he's in the dock oh is he okay but i mean they filmed that probably a while ago so that's true 
Man, Tiger King. You know Nicolas Cage? They're coming out with a movie, and uh, good old Cage is playing I'm, Tiger King. I'm excited about that. I want Cage to do good with it. He's been uh, he's been doing a lot of a lot of really random stuff the past few years. Hey, he's got to pay those taxes off. Well, dude, uh, I mean, I can say majority of what I've seen, what he's done has been great. I haven't seen Prisoner of a Ghostland yet or Pig. I think, that, I think, well, I heard Pig was great, but I heard Prisoner of the Ghostland is on Shudder now. Oh, is it? Or I think, cool. it, I think it, it's either on Shudder now or it's getting added to Shudder as like a uh, Shudder exclusive. Because I know it came out Tuesday um, physically and mm-hmm. I was going to pick it up because the steelbook looks kind of dope. And uh, every single one we had at work, you could just hear the disc shaking yeah I like i don't want to deal with that <laughs> um so yeah we're here to talk about cabin of the woods uh that is probably man it might be in my top 10 of all time um and that's been it's 10 years old already yeah i was watching it. i mean still watching it now there's a few like i mean cgi parts that don't hold up but overall i think like the story holds up the concept holds up yeah it was uh it's been a few years since i've i've revisited it and the whole time I'm just I'm have a smile on my face like this oh, is yeah. great. It's uh there's so much of of me that I'm like I'm Marty, um, <laughs> the paranoid and stoner part of it. But then like I'm Marty and Randy kind of mixed into one. Um, right, that makes any sense. Sound probably a cliche, but but uh but before we get too far into the movie, um you and know you and I know each other because I've been on your show before and we follow yes. each other's podcasts. I'm a big fan of yours. Um, and I'm very excited for your future because you've been a you've been a busy guy. I have been a busy guy. You've been uh, making movies. Yes, uh, I took a break from the podcast around I think June is when I announced June or July is when I announced the hiatus for the show. I think July because um, that whole time from June and July was I was working on a film called Sushi where my friend Alex sent me the script. I read it. We were working through the fixing it, uh, getting some new drafts uh, out. And then we went immediately into pre-production with Nick from Here's My Take. Um, he was our cinematographer. And we took on the project as producers. I was also directing it. And yeah, from then on to now, has been working on Sushi. Uh, me and Alex finished a feature-length script in October, the first draft of it, we're gonna we're in, currently rewriting it right now. So, yeah. putting putting the show on hold for now. I had an episode with Alex and Nick, which we talked all about sushi and which was one I loved because it was just like one giant episode of commentary and stories uh, mm-hmm. with your with uh, with how shooting went and all your little adventures and everything. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. It was and, a fun uh, episode. I uh, I was very intrigued by sushi. Um, because of the name and the first image still I saw was a betta fish. So yes. I was very, I'm very intrigued and very excited about that. Yes. Um, so when I was on your show, we, we were talking about the Friday the 13th franchise, um, yes. which was a lot of fun. I've gotten a lot of good feedback from my people that have listened to it. Um, so what got you into horror? I think What's what got me in, memory? I think my first real memory probably, I mean, I watched the like, all the, like the old school Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween. I like I love Carpenter. I think I've said on my show he's probably my favorite director, or if not, like top five or top three easily. Um, Who would be your top three? If I'm talking exclusively horror, do both exclusively horror and not horror. Oh, that's a hard thing. I got to look at all my directors. Uh-oh. Like, 
who I like because it's always like constantly changing or I'm always like switching out people. That's fair. Um, and there's also like, I mean, there's a Charles Lawton from who did Night of the Hunter back in the 50s. Like, I love him, but that's the only movie he did. So it's okay. kind of hard to put him like top five or top 10 if he only did one movie. Um, I mean, Carpenter's up there. It's not like top 10 for me, but I have a soft spot for Rob Zombie because I think I watched a lot of his stuff growing up. Um, People shit on his stuff way too much. They're fun. They're fun they movies. I, I think my favorite, and I uh, I probably got a little bit of it on the last show episode I did, but I am a fan of his Halloween movies. Um, but I think my favorite one he's done is I'm a big fans, fan of Lord, Lords of Salem. I need to rewatch it. I think when I watched it, I wasn't in the right mind space because I think that's been my least favorite of his so far. Okay. Um, like I love House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. And I, I agree. Like I like his Halloween movies. I've, obviously, they're not my favorites. Like to me, the first remake has interesting ideas, but then the second half is just like a super sped up version of the original, which is, which is cool. And then Halloween 2 is just so weird and out there. I think that's why I like that so much. That's I, I respect it. Like, cause I think like the first 10 minutes is essentially Halloween to the original in the hospital. Right. And then it was all a dream. And then it's just like out the window at that point. I'm i I'm very curious to see how he's going to do the monsters. Same. I saw he released a photo of uh, Richard Brake in it. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't know Richard Brake was in it, but I figured he would show up at some point. I'm, I'm expecting everybody. I'm affecting Danny, Danny at some point. Um, I'm hoping Bill's in it. Bill yeah, Mosley. That'd, that'd be fun. I don't know who he would be. Maybe like he a just, side character or something. Just somebody. Just, cameo. just get Bill in there. I love Bill <laughs> Mosley. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if I have... I mean, like, I love Sam Raimi. David Lynch technically is not a horror director, but he has, like, his films do have some pretty cool horror stuff in them. I, uh... Um, I feel like you're a big Edgar Wright guy. Love Edgar Wright. Love Wes Craven, Toby Hooper. Um, I'm like looking at my Blu-rays right now to see <laughs> who else I can pick out just real quick. Um, yeah, I'll have to look at my my whole list. I mean, uh, Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson, who are on my show, who did Synchronic, they're yeah. not necessarily horror, but they have I mean, a lot of horrific the themes. Yeah, I love their stuff. So, I mean, if I was... Uh, it might be a spoiler for the endless, but if I was stuck in a time loop, that'd be pretty, pretty horrifying. Well, that film, I think I've, I've talked about resolution on my show a lot. That's technically the first movie in that series. It's like Which, the endless and resolution are in the I same universe. Was, I didn't know it was a thing. That was a thing until after I saw the endless and mm-hmm. I did some research on it. And I was like, Oh shit. Well, I got to go rewatch all of these now in chronological and order. resolution is so great. Like it kind of dabbles on that time loop aspect, but not like, blatantly okay wasn't it's, spring part of that too i didn't watch that i haven't seen that one either but i, I think spring was... is technically but it's it's a separate it's more of a monster movie which is great oh, okay oh speaking of that guillermo would probably be in my top three for horror directors yeah i love guillermo i do too he's uh antlers just he did he produced antlers recently yeah right? he did yeah I haven't seen that yet. I know you texted me and said I need to go see it, but it's good. I think if he directed it, it would have been better, but that's because I'm biased to him. But what I was happy. It? I was happy they had a practical monster, like mixed with CG. But there's points where it's definitely like a practical monster. What was the last thing he directed? Was it The Shape of Water? Yeah, he has Nightmare Alley coming out next month. Is oh he's is he directing that? I thought he just produced yeah. it. Yeah, no, he's oh, directing sick. it. 
He's doing that and then a Pinocchio stop motion movie, I think, for Netflix. Really? Yeah. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for both of them. I picked up the Nightmare Alley Criterion, like the original, and I'm going to watch it before the new one comes out. Oh, is it a remake or? A... It's a remake, but it's based off a book. So I think he's just oh, okay. adapting more of the book than a remo- like a re- a remake of the 40s one. Oh, sick. Okay. I'll have to go back and watch that one then. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Sweet. But yeah, and those that... those are like a lot of my horror influences. Love, I mean, I love all kinds of horror, like B movies, like more psychological, um, just out there weird movies, like Houseu from 1977. So great. Hell yeah, I I, uh, I was in a big like B movie phase, and then I had one buddy that like just shit out all the time, and he's like, "You're not watching good stuff." I'm like, "Hey man, that's what I enjoy. They're fun. Let me just have fun with it." Yeah. Um, so what would be your favorite horror movie? Favorite horror movie is another tough question. I'd like, you know, I always go back to classics like the original Halloween. I mean, the thing too. um, Nightmare on Elm Street again, Night of the Hunter, which is most people wouldn't classify it as a horror, but for the fifties, it was pretty horrific. Like Nosferatu from the twenties is still holds up. What's Uh, What's your favorite, the horror thing you've seen lately? Let's make that. Is that easier? Yeah, um, horror thing I've seen lately. I know favorite of all time is kind of a loaded question. Yeah, I'm also trying to think of like horror movies I've seen, maybe like newer ones this year. Let me look at my letterbox real quick. <laughs> I love letterboxed. I try to get everybody oh, I talk to about movies. I'm like, you need to just sign up for this. It helps with like organization too. Yes. Um, I uh I will take letterbox ratings over rotten tomatoes ratings any day 100 percent uh i mean probably just because it's the most recent one and it popped up on my letterbox i saw lamb from a24 i still need to see that it's again it's not like your typical um horror film it's very a24 slow a lot of the horror stuff is very minuscule but i thought it was great and then i just scrolled down and like censor and malignant were pretty fun i had fun with malignant oh did you like yeah did you like censor I did like Sensor. That was a nice little twist uh, ending, wasn't it? I love that ending. Like the last <laughs> 20 minutes of the aspect ratio just going in. Yes. When, yeah, uh, when I, you texted me and said you were going to watch it, I'm like, oh, he'll have fun with that one. Because I saw, I think I was at work and I was like, oh, Sensor's on Hulu. And then I kind of forgot about it. And then I got home and I, was, I remembered. I was like, oh, yeah, it's on Hulu. I'm going to watch it. I was, uh, I, you know, they say don't judge a book by its cover. But as soon as I saw the poster for that, um, mm-hmm. I was like, I need to watch that like right away just because the retro vintage look it kind of had. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so Cabin in the Woods, let's start talking about that because yes. it follows four friends, five friends um, who essentially go into a cabin in the woods for a vacation and hell breaks loose. It's your stereotypical horror plot. But the opening, uh, and it might be my favorite opening, one of my favorite openings of all time because there's two technicians and you think uh, it, they're in this underground high-tech government lab it looks like almost yeah um and then the reason i think it's my favorite because they're just bullshitting and then you get the title of the movie and then it goes right into everything else i forgot what he says right before the the title card comes up because it's so funny like he says something so mundane and then it's just like that screeching title card yep and And it's like (laughs) blood red in your face and uh, you have you have Dana, Kurt, Jules, Marty, and Holden, and we find out that Dana and uh, 
it sounds like she was fucking the professor. Probably. That's what it came across at. I was like, I don't remember if they ever really said or not. Um, but she broke up with a professor and Jules is just trying to get her to let loose from good about him. And they secret, well, secretly try to hook, uh, get her set up with Holden. I think so. I think they're trying to like, I think it's like the plan. Yeah. So it's a blind date without being a blind date. And then during this RV and then probably one of my favorite scenes is Marty's introduction. Yeah, I would say so. He's just he's just driving along with this giant uh bong coffee cup bong that turns yeah that turns into his coffee <laughs> cup so he can walk around. And they're just like you're not getting on the RV with that. Um and then he uh I did laugh out loud when he goes and locks his car. Make sure the door is locked but the window is still wide open. <laughs> That's why I love Marty. He's such like a he knows things but then he also just kind of forgets about some stuff. Well, he's that he's that comic relief character that I don't as good as this movie is I don't think it would have done as well without him no no because he I think like I said it's the stereotypical horror opening so you have all all the characters and he's the one in like a regular horror movie that most likely you would get annoyed with and want seen killed first yeah but he's the smartest one in this movie which is funny because he's just and he's high, high on his mind the, yeah. 24-7 um did you know too that that um that bong costs five grand to make really yeah i was wondering how much it cost because i was like that's a cool bong i was just looking up some random stuff about it and uh came across that in some imdb trivia and i was like that's a lot of money for that little thing but it makes sense i mean it's practical and functional <laughs> true fuck cg no i do like some <laughs> um oh yeah for sure there was something then, else uh, not to do a sidetrack there was something i was watching and i was like the cg still holds up i'm trying to remember what it was I'll, I'll think about it but it was like a movie that was like 20 years old and the cg still held up there are some that like, i think uh um for the most part starship troopers still holds up to this, to this oh yeah i just watched that with nick or for an episode with nick a few months ago and it holds up yeah especially the brain bug yeah I would love to see. Uh, well, did you ever? Did you watch the 4K remaster that came out? I haven't yet. No, no, no. I think I just rented it on Amazon because I was like, I needed it quick for an episode. I uh, have you seen any of the other ones? Of which ones? Uh, of the other Starship? No, I've just seen the first one. You don't need to. I did okay. that for you. You don't need to. <laughs> they, Sounds good. They're not good. Um, they try to take it, the second or third one. They try to make into like a full fledged horror movie. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work. You have to have Paul Verhoeven with his satire. It's uh, like, who is that? I'm he did he, he did uh he did like RoboCop and Total Recall. Like all his movies are like sci-fi action, okay. like horror. But he always throws in like political satire. Like like in Starship Troopers, it's like Neil Patrick Harris is a Nazi by the end of the movie. Well, I didn't know uh that was it was a book before it was a movie, and it was a extremely right wing book at mm-hmm. that. So I was like, oh. That kind of makes sense now that I look back at it. Yeah, because it's like the whole movie is like uh, propaganda to join the army and like it shows how horrible it is. But then it shows like the trailers and everybody's all happy to be in the army. And even the beginning, there's like kids. It's like kids, I think the beginning or the end. It's like anybody can join the army and oh, then yeah. it shows like a little kid. And then they showed just a bunch of kids killing bugs. And yeah, it's like a whole satire. Where were you at, PETA? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so... What did you think about the whole scene with the harbinger? Har- wow, I cannot talk. 
the uh, uh, harbinger wow why can't i think of how to pronounce that word the old guy at the gas station i liked it because it's again it's like a stereotypical like the whole beginning going to the cabin is like stereotypical almost evil dead-esque like yes leading up to it's the guy warning them not to go there um them you know not listening um i love i think i love that whole scene but i love in particular after that scene when he calls the the guys in the underneath base and he's like am i on speakerphone (laughs) and they just uh they so I can't imagine how stressful that job is, but at least they can have some fun with it. Oh, yeah. And then uh, how fucked up is it that you have people just betting on these different creatures and everything that are they think are going to come out? Oh, it's so fucked up. I think like in that scene, we're supposed to be the security guard that gets hired or the army guy because he's the one like watching it all happen. And yeah. he's, even, he's even just like, this is so fucked up. And then you have the one doctor that tries to play the good guy, but then secretly gets her bet in. She like I don't think it's secretly. I think she well, yeah, holds the money in front yeah, of him. Yeah, just very quickly, just like oh, here you go. Yeah. Um, after trying to be like, yeah, it's how it's how they get the release from how hard the job is and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we find out too that the the U.S. isn't the only place doing stuff like this. Yeah, because it, it quickly. I don't know if it quickly does or like they just do a pan over and you see Japan and it's like the Grudge or the Ring. Yep, and I uh, there was supposed to be uh, San or Buenos Aires or whatever it was mm-hmm. supposed to be like King Kong. Um, I forget what the other one. One was supposed to be like the thing, um, but I think it was yeah. Um, how they keep bringing up the incident in 1998. Do you know what that's rumored to be referred to? Which one? What incident? So in the beginning, yeah. Um, how they yeah, talk about the... oh the faculty. Oh okay. And I always thought that was a cool little tidbit. That's a cool Easter egg. Yeah. It's like uh, would, a, I need I need to rewatch that movie. I did. Uh, I think it might have been like my sixth episode I did, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know what happened with the audio, but it kept cutting off. Mm-hmm. Well, it cut off like mid episode, and I was like, I was so pissed off, I just didn't redo it. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that happen before. When where I was first uh, starting out, but I posted it any, uh, and I didn't realize it until afterward. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, then they find out this whole cabin is just kind of booby trapped. Isn't the right word, but it's like, like uh it's like planned or pre like premeditated sort of yeah with the with the uh, see-through mirror um and all that stuff and then we find out is that this military base is uh essentially drugged them yeah and they're it's like they don't know it because it's through the air and they can't see it so they're just releasing the, the hair dye yeah so they're she just was, re- uh, she went blonde yeah and then they did Marty's was, weed. Well, they said Marty's. It's later on in the movie. They say Marty's weed is the reason he couldn't ingest whatever they're trying to confuse, like or trying to manipulate him with, because the yeah. weed the weeds interfering with it. Well, I thought they said they, and I, I could have misheard it, but I thought they did his weed. They're a certain, but he brought a different one and started smoking that. It probably um, was. It probably was that, but they said yeah, because they said it was interfering, like it wouldn't let him. Uh, but you controlled. see pieces of that too where he hears like people in the background and then like there's glimpses of am i am i just being paranoid no i definitely heard something mm-hmm. um well even in the basement when they're going through the objects or he's that, like that would be me he's like don't read the latin that so like uh my wife she, we like going to cemeteries right and we went there and and the night to take some pictures and she's like let's go down that at let's go down that like really dark road where there's no lights i was like 
how about we don't no like i'm i am that one that is like i'm really into this stuff but i uh my fight or flight response kick in and i'm like i'm not doing that i'm the same way i'm i'm like i'm so intrigued by like abandoned places. i'm more intrigued by like the history of abandoned places and like abandoned ghost towns like why especially ghost towns it's like how did all these people just get up and leave and like everything here is perfectly standing but then i'm the kind of person that's like i'm intrigued but like if i ever go there i'll be like no i'll stay back here like you all go in i'm more just i don't want to look like I, yeah i just i don't know man it's uh but i would definitely be that paranoid person like let's not do this mm-hmm. um and uh the one the one technician wants so bad for a merman too oh, yeah it's but like I think, one dream but i think it's cool how uh all these artifacts are cursed in some way shape or form mm-hmm. and uh you have to summon whatever creature is attached to that uh, object. That's what I wonder. Like, I feel like the characters think it's cursed, but obviously it's like, they're all like in a, in those chambers. So it's like whatever one they pick up and interact with, it's like, all right, that's what they're going to release. Right. And uh, it, it's definitely fixed. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, there's no way to win. Um, And we, unless you just don't go in the basement. Is that it? But, no, the, they, they would they would they, they would make them go somehow. Yeah, because uh, in near the end of the movie, uh, when Kurt comes back after um, Jules gets murdered, um, yeah, yeah, some yeah, type of mist, and he's like, "Oh wait, no, let's we should split up." Yeah, it's let's after he's together. like, it's after he's like, "Oh, we'll stick together." That's the smartest plan. And then he walks by the vent. And he's like, "No, let's let's split up." Yeah, it's uh, it's weird seeing chris hemsworth not like ripped chris hemsworth like thor chris hemsworth he did another movie too it's this is like bef- i think thor had come out by this point or maybe thor was the same year so oh. thor came out in 2010 okay so it was like 11 but this got shelled this was filmed before thor so then that's what it is so he he got in shape for thor like he, he wasn't too much more built in the in the first thor like he's obviously gotten more jacked yeah. through each film but he did another yeah. movie called. He did Perfect... Red Dawn in this moment during this. He did like too. the Perfect Getaway too, or something like. It was like a really. It's not a good movie, <laughs> but it's like a horror film where it's like these two couples, and I think the cup, one of the people or both of them, are trying to kill the other couple, and it's like yeah. them just on an. It's like four people in the movie, and he's one of them. Huh. It All came right. out. I think that came out like 2009 or 2010. It was before he was famous, so it he's didn't not... get a lot of. A lot of traction. He's about to play Hulk Hogan now. Is he really? Yeah, he's playing in a biopic. I'm definitely uh, intrigued by that. So I'm looking up this film. Yeah, it's called The Perfect Getaway. Huh, I've never heard of it. I don't know how I pulled that out of my ass. Like, I've not thought about that movie <laughs> in forever. Yeah, it's him, Timothy Oliphant, Mila Jovovich, and Steve Zahn. I like Chris, Hem- Chris Hemsworth is in it. Yeah, he's in it. I uh... he's not, Okay, he's not one of the couples then. I think he's one of the people trying to kill the four couples or so, I don't remember this movie. I uh I completely forgot that Drew Goddard was that one who actually directed this. Um I always thought it was Whedon because you always saw Whedon's name attached to this project. Um, uh did you watch the behind the scenes like feature they had on the do you, like on the Blu-ray? Because that's what I, I watched I, before this. I I did but I, I didn't for the show. I just didn't have time. I, I watched it for this show because they were talking about that, how Drew, like him and uh, Joss went into the hotel room and would write the script. And then Drew wanted to direct it because he wanted to 
finally direct something and then he was saying how joss was like you know this is so good i might direct it and drew was like no don't do that to me <laughs> like oh, no don't do that like i'm glad it turned out the way it did though because i oh, for uh, sure he i really enjoyed bad times at the el royale same i like that one a lot um and i don't think he's done he's only directed two two movies and that's cabin in the woods because well, he was right? doing daredevil on netflix i think he did like the first i need to look up what happened on daredevil because he's like the showrunner or the creator for that show but i think he left after the first season or before the first season even released oh really because i know he directed the pilot episode or at least the first two episodes i have it up actually right here let's see but i know he wasn't on daredevil long he did the first two episodes of daredevil okay and he yep executive producer and he wrote them he did not direct them i thought he at least directed one episode wikipedia says no but you know you can edit stuff on wikipedia that's true i was a big fan of the daredevil series i never watched the last season but i did like the like, the first two seasons i thought were pretty good i got really mad at the last season um <laughs> more because netflix likes to cancel shit yeah i kind of stopped i kind of stopped watching all of those marvel shows especially after i knew a lot of them got canceled so i'm like okay there's no there's no point in them now yeah disney plus just needs to like pick it back up and uh because he, season three left on a really big cliffhanger i got oh, really I, mad when i saw I, it was canceled i think that's what i heard it was like that had a cliffhanger i think punisher might have i don't know i haven't seen any punisher yet I honestly was bored with the first season. I know people like it, but I was like, all the cool stuff in that season is Punisher. But then everything else is just your typical political drama or like, it's, it's just not as good. Okay. Um, but everything with Punisher was great. So I was, I was kind of born with, bored with Jessica Jones. I liked the first season. I didn't see the second season because I heard it wasn't as good. Yeah. Because I love yeah. David Tennant. I thought he was a great villain. He was fun as the purple man, right? Is that what it is? I think I forgot what his name is. I never read the comics uh, of hers. So um, I watched the first season of Luke Cage and then halfway through I got uh, disinterested because they killed off Cottonmouth so quickly. Spoiler if you haven't seen it. Yeah, I I think I think that's where I stopped watching it because it just seemed to drag on and have no point anymore. Um, My dude Mahershala. His name was uh, Kilgrave. Like his official name, uh, David Tennant. Oh, okay. He didn't. He, what was he? Was he just in something recently too? I think so. He's in a lot of stuff. I know. Uh, I can't think. Uh, <laughs> um. So we got. What was your favorite part of Cabin in the Woods? Uh, I think my favorite part is gonna come up near the end, so I don't want to. I want to wait on that. Okay. Um. But I love, like, I love the whole buildup to the cabin i was even thinking i was wondering because i know you said you love the opening and i love it too i was wondering how different of a movie it would be if that opening wasn't there if it would just open up on them the the teenagers i was thinking it would become like a they live scenario where it's like you're just following these characters along and then the reveal well that's so that's even with that um when they're driving in the rv and they go through the tunnel it you have this uh hawk that it pans off on and as soon as it hits this gr- this electric grid um which i think i know where you're where you're going with your favorite uh what part um <laughs> um you you 
if you go into a blind, you just think it could be a, literally some military thing. Yeah. No, nothing horror about it. It's just, okay, they're going on some military ground and what's going to happen. Well, it could be like the same thing with like, like again, like if you get rid of the whole underground base, thinking it's just these kids going to a cabin, then shit hits the fan. But then later you find out there's an underground base. It becomes like they live where yeah. like they find out it's like the the one percent control like is all these aliens controlling everything um but you could also pull i think it's raining oh yeah it's raining you could pull uh the hills have eyes where they're driving in their rv and they get lost but then there's a quick um <laughs> post of the the map and it just says like area 51 or like nuclear yeah. base you could pull that and there's like um subtle cool. hints that would have been cool I, but uh, I think I think that would get rid of the whole tone of the film. I think then it would be just come becomes just a straight horror film where this is a, obviously a horror comedy. Yeah, I feel like it definitely leans more on the on the comedy aspect, though. Right? Oh, it definitely like, does. Like the uh, horror, the horror is great and it's like a lot of good fun horror. But I think yeah. if you if you switch it up, like getting rid of that opening scene, it just becomes straight horror. So being a being a filmmaker, um, how did you feel the cinematography was? Because I the thing that points out to me is when they're extremely drunk, and this is after Jules makes that with the stuffed wolf on the wall. Um, when her and Kurt are out in the woods and you have all that moss with the moonlight and all that stuff. Am I talking about the the right thing? Was that the right cinematography, the right term? Yeah, if you're, if you're talking about how it looks. like Yeah. Yeah, that's cinematography. I think it's fine. Like, it's competent. Um, I mean... And it's effective. Like even the scene where she makes out with the wolf, for some reason, I still get tense about the scene. I think it's just the way it's shot. Like I know nothing's happened yet, but you just imagine like the wolf like coming alive or something or like yeah. evil deading it. Um, and it's like, I've seen that film and it still does that to me, but I think it's just the way it's shot, like just that head on shot of the wolf cutting back to her, cutting back to it. Then it's the profile. And it's that, just like that first, like front, like face uh, head on shot. It's, it, it is intense. Yeah, I think it's it's right there. It's the way it's shot, I think, and the way it's probably cut to and editing is what gives that tension. Um, I mean, there's parts of the cinematography where I think sometimes when they're in the woods, it's a little hard to see, like even making out the... Is it the Aberdeen family? trying to think of the... Oh, the uh, Buckner. The Buckner family. Buckner family. I don't know why Um, I said Aberdeen. When they talk about the husband's bulge that was like the most awkward part of yeah the whole reading that journal um but backwards like, hillbillies will uh do what they do yeah there's parts in the woods where it's a little hard to see and it's probably what they wanted but like i kind of wanted to see what they look like a yeah. little bit better um and even when they're in the cabin it's a little too shaky for my taste but i know that's the they're trying to go for that chaotic feel well the only two care uh uh, Bruckner family characters you see are uh, uh, Ab- Abigail, the little girl, um, and the dad. You, you really see what they look like, but I, how many were there? Five. Well, because in the behind the scenes, they showed the dad. They showed the scene where Jules gets her head cut off, and it's the dad, like holding her, and then I think like the wife and the and the brother, okay, are like holding the saw and they're cutting it back and forth. That was a pretty gnarly scene. But it's like it's I saw you see it better in the behind the scenes because it's all lit, yeah. like a like a film set. In the film, you kind of don't really see it, but again, stylistic choice. 
I, uh, I, I, I did laugh hard at the part where Kirk comes back to the cabin and then they open the door and the chick's head just gets thrown at Dana. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a good prosthetic though. That was a good, was. uh, like a, a, even in the behind the scenes, it looks really good. Like, I think the actress was all hyped about it. She was talking about it. She's like, I'm just covered in blood. She's like, this is fucking awesome. I did, uh, I did read something too, that during the, the scene where, um, Kurt and Jules um, are about to have sex that Goddard felt really uncomfortable during that scene mm-hmm. um, because I guess he had like a really, really strong Catholic upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was actually the actress who had to uh, tell him like, Hey, it's okay. Like it's, it's just a movie. It's for the movie. Mm-hmm. All that fun stuff. So I thought that was interesting. <laughs> Hi kitty. My fucking cat just popped up. I was waiting Your for cat that. popped up. My kid just barged into the room. It's all right. <laughs> Okay, my cats are about to probably go crazy right now. They know it's time to be fed. That's fine. I used to have one. I know how it goes. <laughs> but yeah, I love the whole. Yeah, that's that makes sense with Drew Goddard, especially him doing Daredevil because um, uh, Matt Murdock's like a Catholic kid in in Daredevil. So in season three, like knowing that now because I didn't know that prior to watching Daredevil, um, it really makes sense in season three. Well, there's like a whole, especially in the graphic novels, at least like the Frank Miller ones, there's a whole like religious undertone of Daredevil. Yeah. And that's, uh, I, I, but cause I read a little bit of Frank Miller's Daredevil. Um, season three was really, really going that direction. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I would say watch Daredevil, but be prepared to be upset. Yeah. I, the first season, first two seasons are pretty good. So, um, so we got Jules is dead, and uh, once once they die, um, we get a shot of blood being poured into this this little graft thing, um, and it fills a stone out cut cut out like a silhouette of a yeah. That's it's like a, a hieroglyphic sort of almost. You're better with words than I am. <laughs> Why do I have this fucking podcast now? <laughs> Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm here to back you up. And then uh, I appreciate that. And so do we, we don't find out till later what that actually signifies. No. And even the first, like her blood filling it, you don't even see what it is like fully. Um, I think you just see like a few shots of it going like down the lines. So what I was thinking too, is I'm like, okay, is that her blood? Or is it something they just have like stored up, ready to pour after a, after a sacrifice? I feel like it has to be just there. I think we're thinking too logistically now of how this operation. Oh, no, I definitely think you're correct. Because um, I'm like, okay, what kind of mechanisms do they have underneath the soil where she died? To I mean, they have blood? all these like they could have all these t- like they have the elevator going down. Maybe there's these tubes that go down. But That's I feel true. like that'd be a while if like she's on top of the surface and. I mean, unless like the the family took her body, I, that's that's too much thinking about this. I was like, they could take her body and put it. Are we giving it, them more credit than they deserve? I think we're just thinking too logistically of how this operation <laughs> works. We're like, we're like going You're to our supervisor. Wrong. What do we do with this? <laughs> and then, uh, man, so they get Kurt runs back into the house. Fuck, I'm blanking out. What happens next? That's when they they go in their separate rooms. They go well. They say to stick together. Yes. And then because they're like, all right, we're gonna lock all the windows, and then they're like, oh no, they need to be separated. Otherwise, it's not gonna work. Then they shoot the 
the gas, they split up, go into the separate rooms. And then I think Marty's the one that gets taken next, and you think he gets killed? Because yeah, I think he, he, gets, he, he gets, gets pulled out through the window. Because oh yeah, because he finds the camera because he smashes into the lamp and he finds the camera and starts figuring out something else is going on. He finds out him his paranoia is not paranoia; it's legit. But um, then as he as that happens, he gets pulled through the the window and dragged over like a hill or like a little ditch. Yeah, it's that's that's a very uh, whatever it is that's very close to the cabin. I feel like too, so mm-hmm. like anybody can just fall off if they were just walking. Um, and then we got. Kurt, Jules, and Holden run away. They make it back to the RV. They make it back to the RV. And that's and what what I love about this movie too is that like I it it just fuck it goes. It fucking goes right from the beginning. So everything it's, happens so fast. It's such a fast-paced movie, but it's not like I've seen fast-paced movies where it just feels so slow because it's going too fast, if that makes sense. Yeah. This one's like perfectly paced like everything happens you're along for the ride and it never feels slow at any point and so they uh they get to um in, in the beginning too they talk about the whole the 98 incident being uh the chem lab's fault and then they get to uh when they run back to the rv and they're going back to this mountain um tunnel like tunnel tunnel thank you um and then the the technicians are freaking out because it hasn't have has not exploded yet yes so the tunnel hasn't caved in and uh so they they're fucking running around trying to get it done um and then we find out there's some wiring issues i thought you know somebody just fucked up and just didn't do their job but mm-hmm. you know um because well, yeah, yeah then it plays later on and we'll get to it but like when they're at when um bradley whifford's character hadley he's talking to them and they're just like no that wasn't us like like it, he, they reiterate it again yeah. later. Um, and uh, so we're getting to the part where I think is it, oh, man, it might be my favorite part of the movie too, just because how unexpected it actually is. Yeah. Um, so they they cave the they finally get the mountain tunnel to cave in. Um, so they're backing up in the RV and then they're gonna try to jump over this ravine, I guess, or and it's like uh, the again it's like the stereotypical moment where you think chris hemsworth character is like the hero of the film he's gonna be the hero he's the he's uh, thor he's the athlete huh? and he's gonna do a uh evil knievel stunt and the the music in the background really really revs it up oh yeah dude you think he's gonna make it it's is it slow-mo I just watched it last night, but no, it's he it's it's regular speed. It might be slow slow mo in the jump like a little bit, but yeah. it's not like a like chariots of fire. And then what do you know? He hits that grid, and uh, it goes bye bye. <laughs> I think that's it's not my favorite moment. It's probably a close second. It's probably okay. my second favorite. Um, okay. But I just love he hits it and you think he's just going to fall straight down, but then he keeps hitting it as Every he's going down. Single one. I remember seeing that in theaters and uh, uh, I think I might have yelled, oh shit, out loud. Well, even even when it cuts away and it's just, um, um, forget, I'm blanking on their names right now, Jules and, and, Hol- and Holden. Uh, Holden, they're just on top of the cliff, but in the background you can just hear dunk, dunk yeah. <laughs> as they're just looking down. Those, oh man, killing off chris hemsworth when he was uh he was pretty high at that point because of thor just comes out of nowhere and uh it was definitely unexpected oh yeah but it was great (laughs) 
And uh, so Holden is just going to try to play the hero now um, and protect Dana. And uh, well, that doesn't work out. That was the other one. I, cause I hadn't seen this movie in years. I forgot about how he just gets stabbed through the neck I did as, he's, as they're driving back. Cause I forgot the, the family member was in the, the car yep. or the RV. Um, and which they kind of give a, a heads up to because of the bloody handprint on the side. Yeah. Um, so after that happens, they crash the RV into, into the lake. Um, and then we find out another little twist because they're all celebrating down in the, uh, in the underground lair. Well, yeah. Cause uh, Jules makes it out and she's on top of the, the pier. And it's kind of like a Friday the 13th scenario where the, the Papa of the family is going to like start beating down on her. Yeah. And I just love visually, like it just cuts out and in the background, it's this horrific image of her being like strangled and like beaten to death. And then it's just all of them getting fucking drunk in the, in the, in the bunker. (laughs) One thing uh, I forgot to mention earlier too, is that um, when they're, when they're all betting um, for what, what creature is going to, to be uh, released um, maintenance and, uh, trying to look up his name because i i'm blanking out on it but an intern um both oh, yeah. bet for the uh, bruckner family and um somebody complains that they chose zombies but it's uh it's not zombie, zombie redneck, redneck. <laughs> or psychotic redneck zombies something like that and then, well, it's uh, like his... that whiteboard is so good because it has so many like horror references like deadite was on the bottom yes um, um and then and we'll kind of go into that too when we when we see more of the creatures um mm-hmm. Because this is the only movie that you see a certain creature kill somebody in. Yes. Which I'm very excited to talk about that. Um, but how that little guy just like is jumping up and down like a little kid uh, mm-hmm. when he wins the pool. Um, I just love how even at the party too, he like, they're talking, it's like a group of people and then it cuts to him and he was just like, he's like, oh yeah, I'm Kevin. Like I'm the intern. Yeah. And then later on when we get to the, when the shit hits the fan on one of the screens, he's like holding up the sign. It's just like, help. I'm the intern. Yes. <laughs> I, I thought that was funny. They tried to, um, I guess they tried to get that uh, shot closer so you can actually read what was on the paper, mm-hmm. uh, but it just like didn't work out. But damn, I wish that would have been a nice little funny tidbit. It was so good. Um, so then we find out uh, so Marty did not die. He's the hero. Yes, that's what happens when um, Hadley goes and talks to the technicians and they say that wasn't us. Like there was the wiring was faulty. Yep. And then the red phone calls um, and Hadley, I'm blanking on Richard Jenkins name in the film. Uh, I have up right here. It is Sitterson because he likes to be called uh, oh, Sexy Pants. Sexy man. What was oh, it? Oh I, fuck! I think it was that. I laughed so hard at it too. Uh, anyway, um, but they look at each other from across the room because they know what's about to happen. So they make sure everybody stops partying. Well, and that and that was the twist, and that's what the security guard um, questioned. Because we find out each each character they they have they, to die in a certain order. Yep, and they or they it, it, it doesn't matter what order they die in, but the virgin has to be last. Correct. Last, uh, but the virgin or can live or die, as long as she suffers, suffers, is what they say. Yeah. Um, and each and so Dana is uh, it's considered the virgin, um, which they make a joke that like we take. What we oh no, it was get. uh, Jules. Jules was the, was the whore. Was it? Am I confusing the names? I'm thinking. I'm, okay, I think I'm confusing the names. Dana was the uh, Jules was the blonde. Okay, then you're um, right. 
and what also to in the beginning um when we are introduced to everybody when chris hensworth starts yelling at her for carrying books um i was like oh fuck is he about to be like a domestic like asshole mm-hmm. boyfriend ab- you know abusive and all that stuff uh, i'm glad he wasn't no i think that would have been because this is such a fun movie like all the characters are likable i don't think they would have well, he does kind of turn into an asshole because uh, Marty does say something. When did Kurt start all this alpha male bullshit? Because he was kind of being a dick to him. I think um, he started that at the the Harbinger scene because he has like the football. He's like carrying it around for some reason. Yeah. And because uh, Jules starts like they're very intoxicated. It starts like dancing kind of like a stripper does. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he Kurt says something to to Marty about how you wouldn't want to hit that if you had the chance or something to that. Well, then he also says something about or when he's like, I want you to make out with, and he hopes it's Dana and Jules make out. Oh, yeah. Like he says a line about like, he's like, oh, I hope it's them. And then, uh, well, and Dana makes it very clear too about how she's not going on this weekend to hook up or date anybody. Um, and then her and Holden start making out. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to assume that was just another part of. It's part of the, yeah. The whole sac- ritual sacrifice and all that stuff. Um but then uh, uh, Dana or Marty saves Dana from uh, Daddy uh, Bruckner um, and takes her to this it was, was it underground. Well, it was underground, but was the entrance directly to the elevator or was it? Like I think they found door? the. I, I think they found the entrance. It was outside. Oh, it was, a, it was one of the graves. Yeah, because they found it, was, and it didn't go directly to the base. It went. It was the one that the Buckners came up in. Right um which that this is such a good five minute scene however, however long the sequence is mm-hmm. um where you realize oh shit something something is going on more than we could have even imagined as a viewer um or as somebody being in that scenario right then and there mm-hmm it's like, uh, yeah, when they go down in the elevator and all of a sudden, like, around them is all these different horror creatures. Yeah. Um, here, give me one second. My cat is doing something. You're good. <laughs> and now back to your regularly scheduled program. Um, so we were talking about the elevator and how, like, they discover... I forgot what the first creature was. I Because I, I always remember the ballerina with no yeah. face and, yeah. like, the pinhead. Banshee. Sort of, like... Was that the first one? I'm trying to remember. No, the first was one. the werewolf the first one? Oh yeah, it is the werewolf because yeah. he like comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, which the uh the fornicator or whatever his name was, Fornicus. Is that the like the pinhead one or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the it was like the god of bondage and torture or something like that. Um, which I thought was a nice little nod to. Well, there's a lot of nods to different horror movies in. Because I was like, they couldn't get Pinhead. They probably couldn't get the rights, probably. I don't even know if it's the same studio. Well, MGM... No, because MGM went bankrupt. That's why this movie was shelved for so long. Mm-hmm. So, maybe. I don't know. Probably. I know, like, certain studios won't let you have the rights to certain characters. That's why, like, they probably do nods. Like, it's obviously a nod to Pinhead, but without it being Pinhead. Yeah. Well, there, but there I mean, was a really quick nod, too, to a facehugger. Yeah, there was. I I mean, I like that when you can't use the actual IP. I'd rather come up with something that's obviously an homage to it and yeah. make your own creature. Yeah. I um, mean, they have they have deadites in the film, and I think 
I think like the zombies are supposed to be a nod to like Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. I thought I remember reading that somewhere. Oh, that's cool. I think that was, or no, it was, I think Left for Dead was the nod. Like it was those zombies, like the fast ones. Okay. You know, I've only played Left for Dead a couple of times. I think they had nods. I think it was supposed to be they had fast zombies and slow zombies. I don't know if those were two subcategories. Okay. Um, But I forgot. I remember reading an article. It it broke down like all the different types of monsters that were in the in the cubes. Yeah, Uh, I I read that list too. I have a giant uh, a book too. I bought forever ago that I've only looked at a couple of times of the making of Cabin in the Woods. Mm -hmm. Um, And that list is extensive. Oh yeah, um, I mean that whiteboard enough. Like you have to pause it to literally read it because you can't read it on one go. Yeah, um, I think. And then uh, once they get down there, um, Marty cut up one of the Bruckner family so he couldn't uh, attack him anymore, um, which I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the security guard breaks out um, when they open the elevator door, and he gets killed. And then they I mean, is at that point they. It's implied that the guard gets killed. Oh, yeah, because the hand. Yeah, he knocks him out, but then the hand like That's crawls right. over to him. So it's like, That's okay, right. he's he's done. Um, and is that that point they no, because the director comes over like a head speaker and says, like, you're this needs to be done. Like you're gonna die. Yeah, because um, then they then they release it. Cause I think they get cornered at one point or they're just walking around the facility at some point. Yep, and um, they do get, and then that's when they run into like the control center of the elevator. Yeah, and then uh, there's this giant red button that essentially is like the purge button. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when all hell really breaks loose. And that's my favorite part of the film is like this is probably, and like I said, the CG to me doesn't hold up as well in some parts, but it's still one of the best like climaxes of any film. Well, because too, it's like it's not just it's multiple climaxes because not every creature that's in those cubes can come out at once. Yeah. So there's like a, it's there's like waves. Yeah. Um, which I thought was, was really good. And then you see, you see all the homages to other horror movies um, during the sequences. A, there was a lot of um, torture porn uh, homages, like, especially on like the screens, like every time it cut to a new screen, it seemed like a different torture yeah. porn scenario. I'm like, yeah. that's a lot of homage. I mean, it was probably, uh, no, torture porn was kind of dying by this point. We um, were in like the paranormal activity phase at this point. That clown really kind of fucked me up a little bit. I think the clown in the behind the scenes, they said he was the, I think he was like their choreographer. Oh, really? So he's like the zombie. I think he's like the zombie choreographer. So he's Joss was like, today we're having zombies learn choreography from a clown. That's funny. Well, I know one of the, one of the Heather Langenkamp's husband worked on the special effects on this. Um, okay. and he he was actually like the floating head ghost or whatever oh was. nice um so I thought that was cool and then uh you know i i keep saying this is my favorite this is my favorite um but i don't know if anything does top the unicorn just impaling that one is so just out there and i love it dude when uh when fright rags released um their cabin of the woods uh in the uh like line um they had pins come out with it and they only had like a hundred or less than that of uh you the unicorn with bloody the bloody horn Mm -hmm. um but it was a blind buy so you didn't know what you were getting Uh oh dude i got so stoked when i got one of those 
it was uh i think i was in the behind the scenes they were saying the unicorn was in the film because drew i think drew and joss were at a comic-con or some convention and drew bought a shirt and it was a unicorn and a werewolf about to fight and it just said it's on at the bottom that's so they were like that's why the unicorn will be in the film that's awesome and the fact that it is the only film that ever portrayed a unicorn killing somebody yeah i uh I was even thinking, I was like, there's no horror movie with a unicorn. I was like, that's a, it's like an homage to like the last unicorn, which is like a sad movie. Wasn't, I think it's not a horror movie at all, but no, that's not a unicorn and never ending story, is it? It's just a regular horse. No, yeah, it's just a regular horse. Okay. Um, And then what, what happens right after that? Well, so the wave happens and then that's literally when like the whole facility is getting killed um and in the behind the scenes it has my favorite part because i was thinking back to sushi watching the whole behind the scenes footage and thinking because we have a behind the scenes video that should be released with some of the backers for our film oh stick so they'll, they'll get to see some behind the scenes footage um and then it'll probably go up on vimeo at some point after the backers get their exclusive look but the line in the script that caused all of this like especially on the tvs was it just says there's literal chaos on every screen and that one sentence made them film literally everything that's seen at once. And they were talking about, they're like, Joss was like, this is such an easy script to film. And then the AD read the script and she was like, not this sentence. Like <laughs> the sentence is going to fuck us up. There is so much. And like, it's, it's so hard to watch everything that's on the screen at once. I mean, that's, oh, it's so that's much obvious, but. Uh, Cause they yeah, were also, they said they filmed this at a facility where they could only film at nights because it was a working i think lab or something but like in the day people are there so they can only film at night and i just imagine because they showed the hallway with all the blood i'm like man i wonder how they got away with like putting all this blood up and then they have to clean it yeah i was like that's so crazy what uh i don't remember if you said in your episode where where it was exactly but where did you shoot that you thought it was only going to be like they only thought it was going to be a couple hours Oh, well, everything was filmed. I mean, everything with the actresses was in Valparaiso, Indiana. Okay. And then we filmed some pickup shots um, and B-roll in Naperville, Illinois. Um, And I mean, they both look the same and it kind of masks and it looks pretty good. Um, But we were filming inside a boutique store and the owner of the boutique store was out of town. But she we when we were location scouting, we talked to her and she was cool with us filming there but we just needed somebody to let us in and let us out. Um, and they were like, Oh, well her friends will come let you in for a couple hours. And this was in pre-production. I was like, okay, well I know it's the Midwest. So a couple hours literally means two. <laughs> so when true. we got there around noon, we were on our lunch and we were going to give us like a 45 to an hour lunch. So everybody could get enough food and rest up before the, the second half of the day. And then they were like, how long are you going to be here? And me and Alex were like, oh, you know, we'll probably like, we got a lot to shoot here, but we don't envision being here past like five, five thirty. And like, you could tell they, in their faces <laughs> that they were not expecting to be there that long. And I'm like, okay, well we wrapped early yesterday. So at the latest we'll be here is like three thirty, four o'clock, but like, we're going to be quick. And it became That's a working funny. lunch. We had like 18 shots planned in there and I cut it down to like seven or eight. Cause oh, I was wow. like, I was like, a lot of these could get mixed together. And it, it flows better with the film, too. It would have been weird if that scene had, like, a bunch of different coverage shots. Okay. Uh, so we uh, the purge happens, and then uh, we got 
uh, Marty and Dana running through some more corridors. And then, well, no, before that, sorry, we ha- we're back to the, the technician's room where they're trying to escape with a uh, underground, another underground like doorway. Yeah, because it's it's in this point, it's Hadley, um, Richard Jenkins, the girl and the army guy. He gets yes. killed by zombies, I believe. Yep. She gets and... grabbed by like a snake or a, I think it's a snake that like wraps around her. It's a snake or a tentacle. Something um, like it. One of those. And then we, Hadley gets happens. blown. Hadley <laughs> gets blown back, and he gets to see his mer uh, merman. <laughs> how ugly was that it's thing? So ugly. But how great was just the blood spurting out of the the? Oh, I loved it. Cause... I loved in the in the behind the scenes too. Like Drew Goddard's on the ground with him, and he's like, "All right, you're gonna move like this," and he's like doing the motion with the the actor. That's I was awesome. like, "Hell yeah, that's awesome." I'm going to go back and watch the behind the scenes when we get done with this because I feel like I need to now. It's so, I love watching behind the scenes. Like, I was on another podcast and I was, we were talking about Charlie Chaplin films. And one of the films I has has like an eight minute behind the scenes footage from one of Chaplin's sets. So it's, it's so a, interesting. It's funny you bring him up because I had this following uh, message um, on my Instagram page. And I believe it's his legitimately because i've done research on this it's his daughter is following me on instagram and what? occasionally just like doesn't really say and doesn't say anything but she like i get messages from like heart reactions and and stuff like that mm-hmm. like, it's the weirdest thing though there was another weird one where my buddy nick posted a photo this is crazy too my buddy nick posted a photo of my blu-ray collection when i was in la and it wasn't like all of my blu-rays but it was enough and um was it Jessica Harper from Suspiria liked the photo that's tight and he's like I've never seen like he's never seen the original he's seen the remake he got mad at me because I recommended it to him and I was like (laughs) I was like it was your fault you watched it on a date that's your fault you don't watch that movie on a date the remake on a date yes the remake I mean good film great film he he told me the story he's like he's like yeah I was on a date and it came up on Amazon and I remember you recommended it to me. So I was like, oh, let's watch this. I was like, no, don't oh, do it man. on a date. That's uh, one of the first movies I ever watched with one of my ex-girlfriends uh, was The Human Centipede. <laughs> uh, the first sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't dating that long and I felt like it was downhill from there. I was like, was it because <laughs> of Human Centipede? <laughs> yeah, it might have been. She might have thought I was a little fucked up. But First, eh, I don't really like those movies. I think the second one I was just too grossed out by. I was like, no. So, like, looking back on it, the first one's really not that. The concept but, is gross. But the execution, or like the way it was filmed. Yeah, because I, yeah. I watched it because of Tosh.0. Because I remember it was like a meme at one point. And I was yeah. like, it's like, what the fuck is this movie? And then uh, the second sequence is when it gets really graphic. Oh, very graphic. And uh, the, the third one just didn't need to be made i never watched it but i read the concept and i went why like what is this the the, so there's a scene where the warden of the of the prison takes his revolver and sticks it into the surgical spot of an inmate Mm -hmm. and fucks the yeah um then shoots (laughs) and the shit like literal shit goes everywhere and i'm like as somebody who usually enjoys stuff like this this is dumb like there was no point yeah. for that 
there's directors who will do like Sam Raimi with Evil Dead. Like it's over the top gore, but it's fun. Yeah. Or like, but then there's points where it's like some stuff is so grotesque where it's like, why would I want to watch this? Well, it's, so it's kind of like the book I'm reading right now. Uh, it's called Dead Inside. Mm-hmm. Um, it showed up on a TikTok where it was like five of the most books people can't stomach. Um, I have like, I'm reading on my Kindle. I have like 40 minutes of it left. And I am like, yep, I get why people can't stomach this. Oh, right. <laughs> it is over the top and it is uh, very descriptive. Oh, man. Graphic and detailed. The best. Dude. Um, so we got where we leave off. We're so at the, the, merman. the merman kill. So then Richard Jenkins escapes through the, the another trap door. Yeah, the hatch. Yeah. How many levels are is it to the core? It just keeps going down. Like, man. <laughs> I mean, it could be like, uh, I mean, this is a way out there analogy, but like Dante's Inferno, like the seven layers of hell, like just keeps going what? down. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, it's a far stretch analogy, but I mean, at the base I, of it, it's kind of like a. If you really think about it, where do they end up? So you're not yeah. too far off from that. Not too far off. I mean, that's, I don't know if that's what they were thinking, but it's a good analogy. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to back you on that. Uh, so we have, we have uh, Marty and Dana running through a corridor. And they end up accidentally, well, accidentally stabbing Stimerson. I think it's intent. Well, accidentally, because I don't think they know who it is. I think they think it's just like another creature, uh, a monster. Yeah. And then uh, he essentially says, it's your fault this is going on. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, how would you feel if that happened to you? I mean... He's not wrong. He's not wrong, but I also wouldn't want to be in that situation. I mean, who would? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they go down. I don't think it's too much farther. They go down like this very steep set of stairs. And that's when they oh, see. Like, we also the... forgot real quick before we yeah. forgot. There's as all the chaos is happening. One final elevator opens up oh, and it's yeah. the, the little girl. Yep. She's the last one to come through. Yeah, which is a very important part of the ending. Yes. Um, so let's jump back ahead. Yeah, don't apologize for cutting me off. Feel free, because I, I forget shit. I don't take notes, and I always say I should. I just um, remembered that, too, because I was like, oh, that's a key part we're going to forget. Well, you know my show. I and someone's going to someone's gonna call us out. I don't want to be called out. I'm going to get called out on something. <laughs> you know what? We probably, uh, <laughs> we probably will. We probably will. So we end up in the in the in the spot where we see these hieroglyphics um they're like pillar like too it's like big yeah um and they they look de- there so there is a scene of, where i swear i saw something like when they look down and there's like all that like atmospheric smoke mm-hmm. or anything like i feel like i saw something walk across I think you, because I think they do show something. Because I was watching it too, and I don't know what I saw. Like, but it, like through the fo- the fog, you can definitely see something, and it and then it cuts away, and you're like, wait, yes. I think it's like so kind it of like when you me. no, yeah, it's like when you look out of your peripheral and you think you see something. My cat right here. <laughs> We're gonna have a. I'll put I'll put a on Instagram. Um, with special guests, your cats. <laughs> My well cat's eye. she's she's back right now she's walking around even though nobody can see this um but we do have some some kitty cats as special guests as well uh fun fact uh aaron from 
the endless i adopted them from him he was their foster you did tell me that yeah that's always a pretty fun story so though. my cats are more famous than i'll ever be <laughs> don't say that she <laughs> could be your uh you're up and coming well you said your next script and i'll edit this out if uh if you need me to um but is a horror based project you said right yeah we can keep that in it's a horror base that's we're just keeping like the plot and everything kind of shrouded right now i mean that's but yeah fair. it's a it's a horror based script and honestly it's like um my editor arsenio read it and he called me immediately after reading it and was like raving about it and he was like it read like a, a novel with how descriptive everything was you know i'm already excited for you Oh yeah, I'm I'm like can't wait to film it because I want to direct it. So I'm like, because you went to film school primarily for directing, right? Yeah, for directing, I had some editing backgrounds and like writing. Um, but what I've noticed is like screenwriting classes. Every teacher and everybody teaches screenwriting differently. People will say these are the rules, and then other teachers will say those aren't the rules. These are the rules. So it's like, and even if you read, choose what works best for you. I mean, yeah, even if you read some scripts, everybody writes so differently um, where it's like, okay, everybody just does it their own way. Whatever works for them works. So just as long as you know, like the functions and plot points and how to structure a script, then you're fine. I feel like no. And again, I'm not a writer, director, editor or anything like that. Um, I just feel like it's always a learning process, regardless of how long you're doing it. It's always a learning. Like I even learned stuff like the we gave the script to the people we want to work with and they gave us great feedback. Um, They gave us like they said, the plot's good. The characters are good. And then everybody gave us feedback. Some people gave us similar feedback and other people would pull out things that no one had told us. So we're like, okay, cool. We're getting so much that we can rework it and just enhance what we have. Hell yeah. Uh, So we we get to this this I don't even know what to call it. Layer dungeon um dungeon's probably like a best good word probably. yeah <laughs> um and then we meet the director who is the one and only the one and only um i almost wish she i don't know i'm back and forth with wishing she had more of a a role but i kind guess she of. does kind of have a big role like behind the scenes I, I think it's a perfect role and even they were saying in the behind the scenes like they only wanted sigourney for the role and oh, even really? behind, even behind the scenes, she was so excited to be on set. Like she just wanted to work with the uh, the werewolf. Like every day on set, she was wondering where the werewolf was. That's awesome. Sigourney uh, seems like such a delight to work with, as far as like genre films. Yeah, because she's. I would, she's... Say, I would say her, and as as much as she hates being in them, and how, uh, um, from listening to the, a few episodes of a podcast she's been on recently, how how stern um she is uh but jamie lee curtis yeah i mean she's having like a resurgence now with horror but i feel like even uh well no did knives out come out after 2018 halloween yeah knives out was like right after so it's but then i don't know if she's been in a great it's great i'm excited for the sequel because it has um like i love ethan hawk and he's been cast in so many great projects now I didn't know he was casted in that one. Yeah, he's going to be in that. He's going to be in Robert Edgar's The Northman. He's in Moon Knight. He's going to be in The Black Phone, which looks good. I did. I did. Uh, I did watch that trailer. Yeah. I'm excited for it. I, the fact that Tom Savini did The Mask. Yeah. I'm so that, pumped for that. I, uh, I've i been a fan of Ethan Hawke since I saw him in Gattaca years ago. I love 
well, I love like Richard Linklater, so I love like Boyhood, the Before Trilogy. I've never seen uh, any of those. The Before Trilogy is great, and Ethan Hawke and the lead actress Julie Delpy actually co-wrote, uncredited, I think, the first Before Sunrise, but then like Sunset and Midnight they co-wrote with Linklater. I think I'm gonna need you to make me like a letterbox list. Oh, I got um, you. And just uh, I'd appreciate that. I got you. I got a whole <laughs> library like right over here. Oh man, I have uh, I've downsized, and I'm always redoing my my little my little room so i have all my movies like taking off their shelves and all over the place um but then sigourney weaver tells us uh exactly what's going on and we're appeasing the the gods of the world before we were here and you kind of again it's kind of like you understand where she's coming from and prior to this with like the whole Japan Buenos Aires it shows like all those failed so they were really counting on this one which which they they make a really good point that Japan's always is always number one the U.S. is number two but we've always had it like 100% success rate but I love the with the the Japanese girls make the the ring girl turned into a frog and Richard <laughs> Jenkins is just like fuck you fuck you just, just yelling at these at... children uh, that remind me of my grandpa a lot I love I, I love that. Richard Jenkins God. I think he's so great I think he's a very I remember underrated... him I think I first saw him in Step Brothers and I thought he was so funny in that movie well that that it just shows you that some oh, I would say all um, actors shouldn't be uh, typecasted oh no certain things um He's one of them. Matthew Lillard is Matthew Lillard's great. I was uh I've been on a I've been re-watching Criminal Minds. Um because I've just been throwing Oh yeah, I forgot he has the episode. Yeah, I, I watched he's that great in that today. Um and that's a that's a messed up episode too. Very <laughs> but yeah, he's great in that. But I haven't seen all of Twin Peaks, but I've seen his scene from Twin Peaks the Return and like the I... interrogation scene. So I watched one episode of it when it came out and I just, I got caught up with other stuff and I have yet to finish anything. Um, but I'm a huge Lillard, Matthew Lillard fan. He's great. Um, he actually tweeted at me and my buddy that uh, when he ever comes to Toledo, Ohio, he's going to buy us a round of beer. Um, so yeah. I'm going to hold him to that if that ever happens. <laughs> I know it probably won't, but a boy can dream. Um I'll call him up. <laughs> <laughs> but I dude, I I think I'm going to make a very bold statement. I think he's going to return in Scream 5. Uh I hope. I I hope a lot. I'm hoping Scream 5 is good. I'm like the only thing I'm worried about is it's getting released in January and that's known to be dump month, but you get the occasional gem in January. I think with I think it'll be good because I don't think any of the original uh, cast would have came back if the script at least wasn't good. And no, and the the guys from I think it's two guys from Ready or Not, which is a solid yep. film too. That was one but of yeah, my favorites when that came out that last year. Uh, yeah, year. I mean I agree because like obviously Wes Craven has no involvement in this. Obviously, R.I.P. Uh, for unfortunate reasons. <laughs> but yeah, I no one would have come back because. Like if he's not involved, like it had to be really good for the original cast to be involved. I do think though, and I, and I think the same thing for Halloween ends. Uh, you know, one of the original three in Scream needs to die, mm-hmm. either really early or at the end. 
because the original when Scream Four came out, it was supposed to be another trilogy. Scream oh, Four yeah. didn't do too hot. Um, I liked it, but people. I didn't. actually rewatched it the other day in anticipation for Scream Five, and it's all right. I think the cinematography really annoys me in it. There's some weird thing they do with the lighting where it looks very yeah cloudy, I, and yeah. I'm like, mm, I don't like that. Other th- other than that, I think it's a pretty solid script for the it's most fun. part. Yeah. Um, I do like the. I, I still think uh, Sydney just needs to be the killer in one of them, and just end it. I was so trying to think me. of. I was trying to think of who could be the killer in this one. I was like, from the trailer, I'm trying to guess who it is because it's like it's gonna be somebody you don't expect. Like it isn't all of them. I mean, I think except rewatching Scream Four, I'm like, it's obviously the guy in the cinema club, the yeah. Macaulay's brother. Yeah. No, I well, no, I would have thought it'd be the other one. Oh, the I webcam. Was, yeah, the webcam guy. Um, I don't know. I I I I went to Scream for an opening night, and I was a big fan of it. It's fun. Like all the Scream movies are fun. Even Scream Three, definitely. Yeah. Uh, it deserves the hate it gets, but it also doesn't, if that makes sense. It's just, they're just fun. Like, obviously, it's hard to compare to, like, the first Scream. Yeah, I remember, uh, that's because that's my favorite horror movie of all time is Scream. I watched that the first time when I was, like, six years old and mm-hmm. kind of started everything. Um, but we get, uh, we, we find out what, what's going on in the, in the dungeon. Um, and then Dana is about to turn on Marty. Yeah. Which was a big uh-oh moment. What's going to happen here? Well, then Marty also, in that moment, doesn't warn Dana about the wolf behind her. Which is funny after the fact. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, because they she doesn't end up killing the fool. Uh, so the direct director, Sigourney Weaver's character, um, ends up fighting him off. And then we get little baby, uh, little baby zombie Bruckner. Little baby zombie Bruckner. She uh, almost is an anti-hero at that point. Yeah, I just love how yeah she takes the axe to Sigourney's head, and then it's it's Marty that just like kicks them both off. Yeah, but like she she is struggling to get the axe out. Yeah, but like you think you would okay, just let go, mm-hmm. but she doesn't because she wants she the axe. Then she oh yeah that makes sense because that is part of. I was and well, they shoot the wolf too, and the wolf kind of scurries off. And <laughs> well, because of the behind the scenes, they were worried about that part because they're like, they're like, we can do that, right? And then I think a Joss or Drew was like, well, they're not silver bullets, so the wolf would just run off. And they're like, okay, that works. <laughs> and then uh, you have you have both of Data and uh, and Marty just sitting down, and they apologize to each other. Sorry, I almost shot you. Mm-hmm. And then Marty's snarky. Sorry, I let you get bit by a werewolf. And then they both just expect the end of the world. Well, it, it, well, that's so. It does leave it on a cliffhanger. Kind of a you little ex- bit. You, you know, you don't know what happens after the fact. It looks um, like that whole thing exploded, like or collapsed. No, that definitely did. But yeah, did the world end. That's true. That's the cliffhanger. But you just see this giant titan arm come out. Which, man, I wish, I, I don't know. I know little things like that leap to the imagination, but I kind of think it's better the way it is. Yeah. Like, I know you, like, I know we want to see it, but it's the imagination that's better. I know. That was also, I they didn't about, have, they didn't have the money. <laughs> felt a bird box where you didn't see, really see anything. Oh, I got a lot of issues with bird box. 
uh then i saw like the still like the um design they were gonna do yeah a crying baby bat i have a lot of problems with bird box i thought if they would have just kept it like ambiguous lovecraftian horror just like psychological it would have been awesome but then the route they went i did not like i mean they did they did do machine gun kelly so i mean yeah yeah he's not a great actor no He's not. He's Maybe not a great. Get some tips from Megan Fox, who also isn't that great. Well, he's but... weed. He's what? He's weed. Did you not see that? No. The whole there was like a GQ. It was a whole meme for a while. There was a whole GQ like ask couple questions, and it's like him and Megan Fox. And he was like, "Do you remember when we first met?" She's like, "She's like, yeah." She's like, "I met you at a party, and I said you smell like weed." And he was like, "And I said I am weed." <laughs> And that was like the meme for the longest time of people just being like, like they took the scene from Twilight and Robert Pattinson's just like, say it. And Bella's just like, I am weed. That's funny. It's like, uh... that was a meme for like a good couple weeks. I had an altercation with him uh, when I was in my early 20s. I think, I think you've told me or you've told it on your show. He's not a nice person. I would almost fought a girl, a friend of mine that was a girl. Um, I, I would believe it. And then uh, I had a a buddy who was a guitar tech for for him because his drummer at the time, or maybe still is, is actually from where I live. Um, and then you're, did you see that video of him get, pushing a guitar tech on the stage? I think so. Yeah, was, I know that. that was my you buddy. know that guy? <laughs> yeah. So he's not that great. So watch me get canceled from Machine Gun Kelly fans that are listening to this. Does he? I mean, he's got a small. Pretty sure most people have canceled him. That's true. I mean, I, 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 Eminem canceled him for hip hop. Eminem uh, made him switch genres. And I and I will say, like, as unbiased as I possibly can be, some of his pop punk stuff is a little catchy. I will say mm-hmm. that. But uh, as a person, I can separate art from artist. As a person, not fun. Yeah, but ending cabin in the woods. Uh, that ending is pretty great that they just accept their fate and I mean, smoke what can weed. you do at that point? Pretty much. You just smoke a, smoke a blunt and wait for the end of the world. That's how I want to go out. My cats like to eat out of their food. <laughs> like okay. they, go, they go to each of their bowls and then they don't want to eat out of their own bowl. I'm probably not going to edit out any of the cat stuff because that's just, uh, it's good entertainment. I never, I never edit them out of my show. That's just, <laughs> it's my life. Oh man, I'm not gonna edit out my kid just barging in here too, yelling "Daddy!" Oh yeah, cool. I saw that. I was just pretty. <laughs> I just thought about the. You ever seen that news? That news clip of like the guy being interviewed on like a like Fox News or CNN, and then his kids run in, and then his wife just comes in and is trying to like grab the kid. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love that clip. That's uh, that was my wife right there. Thanks, Ben. Uh, <laughs> Well, man, this has been a lot of fun. I'm glad we were finally able to do this for my show. Um, Hell yeah. I'm bad at planning stuff and life just happens. But uh, where can they find you? What do you got? We talked about sushi. Anything more to add about that? Yeah. If you want to keep up to date on sushi, we have an Instagram page, Sushi Short Film. Um, We just, I think last week or this week, we released the official poster. Um, All of our Indiegogo backers received the email today, I believe, announcing um so we let like we sent the the email out to all of you because i know you backed the film did we you let you guys email i did <laughs> all right 
right. <laughs> we uh we let you guys vote on the the official design for the poster. But then once that was picked, uh, we all agreed like it was a blue poster with a red fish. And we were like, well, the fish isn't red in the film. So let's see if we can make it blue. But then we have to change the background. And I think the poster we have now is I think it's perfect. The the way it looks. It does. Uh, the, is it a is it a black background? It's like a it's like a the way the poster designer described it to me is like underwater blue, like a darker, okay. darker blue. So the, the lighter blue pops more with like the text and the fish. I did dig the poster. I am a little bit colorblind, so I do have a little bit of trouble distinguishing very dark blues from blacks. Um, but uh, where can they find the podcast once you start getting that up again? They can find the podcast at Lighting Up the Marquee podcast on Instagram and Facebook, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, I should be doing one more episode this year, um, probably around December ish. Um, I think that's just going to be like a year recap. I think I'm going to have Arsenio on. We're going to talk a little bit more about sushi and him editing it as well. Oh yeah. Um, can catch up set release. You're trying to get that out by. Well, we want the film to be finished in post-production before Thanksgiving. And then we're going to go into the festival circuit. And then once we finish festival circuit, once we figure out when we can release it publicly, um, we're going to put it out there for everybody. As far as like the backers, we're going to work on getting a DVD made. We want to get some cool features on there. We want to do like a commentary track over the film as far as me, Nick and Alex, and then maybe one with the actresses over the film. Um, the behind the scenes would go on there. Um, some other cool stuff is going to go on the DVD as well. Try to get all the stuff out to the backers as soon as possible. But once we get everything, um, then we're going to plan maybe like a private screening for the cast and crew, like an official premiere of the film. I think we're working on that early next year and then yeah then we got some more projects currently lined up as far as the script alex and i have wrote uh, i know nick's working on a script right now with his buddy that'll probably get filmed first because it's a little easier than our script arsenio is working on a script so we got like oh, a whole busy we got our whole crew is like working on <laughs> stuff and we're trying to you know get more content out there for everybody well, that's awesome. I'm very stoked to see Sushi. I'm very stoked to hear about the next project. Tim, it has been a pleasure. I can't thank you enough for hopping on and talking about Cabin in the Woods with me. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Of course, man. Anytime. As always, uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking the time out to listen to this episode. And if you haven't already, make sure you follow me on Instagram at From the Depths Podcast, at Twitter, at ftd podcast 19 and wherever you listen to this at if you're able to rate and review it give it a five stars and write something nice and as always if you do that and screenshot it to me i will send you some uh nifty little stickers um they're very popular so get on it while it's getting hot um all right guys have a good rest of your night. Stay safe. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you have a good uh, Christmas or whatever holiday you do celebrate. And uh, really quick, too, um, my last episode, I had Mike Felker on from Convictions. Uh, again, one of my best friends. Um, I want to give him a quick shout-out because that man has worked his ass off um, ever since I've known him, um, no matter what band he's been in. And right now he is currently uh, filling in on vocals for a band called August Burns Red. If you haven't heard of them, um, check them out. If 
you have heard of them, you know how big of a deal that probably is, um, that it, it is. So until next time, guys, I will see you on the other side. Take care.